Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Corner to corner is live. Good evening, everybody, and happy Memorial Day. Thank you for all of you who have served and for those who are still serving to protect our freedom. We want to say thank you so much. Happy Memorial Day from all the boys at Corner to Corner. I'm Stan Grubb, my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. Hello. What's going on, man? Happy first su- first day of summer of punk, sir. No, we're not doing that. Oh, yeah, we're doing it. It's done. It's done. We're not doing that. As of 12.40 this morning, it's done. <laughs> Ooh, 12.40. <laughs> God, that uh, double or nothing was a damn marathon, dude. That was, I mean, WrestleMania, I think it was 31 and 32. They were both like six hours. Those were mm-hmm. exhausting. Last night's pay-per-view um, was not exhausting, but it definitely was a marathon. Uh, like I, I, I was, I was certainly sports entertained. Uh, yes. However, I do think a tad bit too long in the teeth. Poof, poofus. I, I felt like there were a couple matches that we didn't necessarily have to have on pay per view. Um, although they were they were either fun or very good, uh, like Darby Allen and Kyle O'Reilly, that could have been on Rampage or Dynamite. Um, oh, he was gr- it was a great that match. Was one of the better matches. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But you know that could have been on on one of those. Uh, the the mixed tag, I could have did without that entirely, to be honest. But hey, if that means that that feud is over, then. By God, we'll take it. That's fine. That's totally yeah, fine with me. Until you get like a much taller Fuego del Sol or something. <laughs> with some mystery blonde-haired chick under a mask. So my guess is that Dante Martin might actually beat Scorpio Sky on Wednesday. No. With help from Sammy Guevara. <laughs> oh, it's never well, going to end. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting. You might be right, though. You might be on to something. I just I feel like that. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna ride this horse for as long as they can possibly can and get as much blood out of it as they can. Or. Sweat or tears or whatever the hell you want to call it. <clears throat> Tongue kissing. That's all they're trying to do. That was a lot. It was a lot of tongue last night. We, we definitely could have did without that. That was kind of gross. 
I mean, it, it even made Corey and Carmella look tame. That's that's how <laughs> gross it was. <laughs> that's funny. So, we're definitely going to go over the the pay per view itself. We're going to talk about results, talk about our thoughts on the uh, on the show itself. But hey, going in, going into Double or Nothing, there was a prevailing story that. You couldn't go anywhere, wasn't Facebook, wasn't Twitter, anywhere without seeing this story. And that was what took place on Saturday, or should I say what did not take place on Saturday. MJF no-showed a meet-and-greet for Double or Nothing. Now, this isn't just one of those deals where <clears throat> you hop in line and go do it. This is actually something that fans pay for. Um and then they go ahead and get in line and get their chance to be ridiculed by MJF. <laughs> but, uh, no, he doesn't show up. And at about 1 o'clock in the morning, yesterday morning, Sean Ross Sepp goes live through Fightful.com and Fightful Select, announcing that a flight had been booked, not under AEW, but for MJF to leave town. Now, I give the guy credit. He reported it as straight up as he possibly could. Um, it had to be difficult as hell to really put this together, but ultimately he describes it as, look, here's what I know for a fact. A, fight, a flight was booked, MJF did not show up at the meet and greet, and the flight that was booked is supposed to be for MJF, but not by AEW. That's all he, all he ever claimed. He never said it was 100% a shoot or, or, or a work, although he did indicate that if it is a work then it's only a work from MJF's side because AEW knows nothing about it, basically. We get to pay-per-view time, which started at... Let's see, the buy-in started at 6. The pay-per-view started at 7. Um, we find out the rundown for the matchup is... The rundown for the matchup is saying that it's actually going to be the first match of the night. And then it gets taken off of YouTube, and the tweets about it are removed from Twitter. And now the question becomes, is MJF going to actually face Wardlow? Which would really suck, because Wardlow not having his match with MJF would kill a lot of momentum. You could rebuild it eventually, but that would have really sucked if MJF didn't show up. But show up he did. And Brian, I mean... Crazy to think that MJF, probably one of the most effective bad guys in the industry uh, in the modern age, just decides, you know what? I don't like what they're doing for me. I don't like the money I'm making. I'm going home. And let him. Talk to me so about that he... because you're not alone on that on that opinion. He He's only an effective bad guy. When it comes to social media, right? Now, I'm not saying he doesn't cut great promos, mm -hmm. right? But he uses social media also to his advantage, right? To the point that everybody's bought into this, I'm such an asshole, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know? And we love him. He's an air little asshole. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So that's what makes, makes him, to me... An affectionate bad guy. He's the bad guy we all love to just be like part of the gimmick with. You know, because we've seen him flip off the little kids and 
you know, all that stuff. Oh, that's funny. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, his record is almost down the middle. Yeah. At a few high-profile matches. And somewhere along the way, he... I mean, if this is not a work, somewhere along the way, he's done got too big for his britches. Mm -hmm. Right? Wants to go to the WWE. Okay. Fine, go WWE. But you're not going to go until... I mean, if I'm Tony Khan, you're not going until 2024. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? 2024? Mm Yeah. So you can sit at home, you get on your little Twitter and your little Facebook, and you talk all the crap you want. You were... I mean, you were... When this whole thing started... You were known like you were known as the guy that was there for Samoa Joe. Well, sure, people knew who you were, but the majority of people had no clue who you were. Even diehard fans. Except through Facebook and Twitter and all that other crap. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And... Sure, the ratings spike when you're there, but they spike when other people are there. And they don't just be like, well, I want more money. I don't want to be here. You know, I should be this. I should be that. Who cares? It's pro wrestling, bro. You're mm-hmm. there as a team, not by yourself. So I mean, literally, as far if this is not if this is real, I'd sit his I'd sit his ass home. I wouldn't mention him. He wouldn't be in any video packages. His ass would be at home. And if there was a way to extend his contract, oh, I'm picking up the option year too. Yeah, I'll pay you your money. It's crazy because you know Sonny, our. Uh... <laughs> Our cult of Cornette fan, I'll put it that way, <laughs> always is very vocal in the corner to corner chat. And he actually says to us, and this just floors me, he says to us that, you know, MJF, if he went to WWE, would be a huge star. Just look at, look at the awesome stuff they've done with Cody. And talks about how it was hypocritical to kind of lambast MJF, because I agree with Brian. I I think that MJF basically threatening to leave is, there's no other way to put it. I think it's bullshit. One, you don't no-show a fan event. You just don't do it. And then at two, you're under contract. Now, I know what a lot of fans are going to say, and I know where Sonny was coming from. I did say that I was happy for for Sasha and Naomi when they walked out. I am, and I was. But at the end of the day, you're still under contract. You still have a job to do. So, okay, you, you had your moment, <clears throat> and the same thing would apply to MJF. You had yeah, your moment. you got to go back. The difference is, is MJF is making this about money. True. He's not saying he's unhappy. He's not saying that he should be world champ. He's not saying he doesn't want to take part in, in matches. Right. I want money. 
That's what he's crying about. Him wanting money is completely different than Sasha and Naomi not being happy with the direction of their character. Correct. It's, they're completely different arguments. Yeah. I mean, when you think about what Sasha and Naomi left for, it was because of the lack of attention to um, the women's tag division because they had just basically said, hey, this is what we got for you, and they just fully dive in and accept it, and then they show up to Raw and find out that their next six weeks worth of programming is singles run and about them losing. I honestly can't blame them for being unhappy about that, but at the end of the day, it still comes back to this magic thing that says, says, hey, you, you have a contract. So, yeah, I mean, speak your piece. Do what you got to do, but you're still going to have to make right for that because they're being suspended without pay. Their merch is pulled off the website. I mean, it's serious. And MJF to just say, hey, I want more money. He feels like he outperformed his deal. All right. I'd even agree with him there. But you take that to the negotiating table. You don't just not show. You show up at the table and you say, hey, listen, here's what my ratings were when my segments were on. Here's where I've done this and this and this. Tony, I want this much money. And Tony would probably say, okay. That That's my thought process. I feel like this is where you sit down and when you're negotiating, not when you, uh, let's book a flight. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a healthy way to do business at all. And it was amazing to me just how how weird and polarizing this whole thing got because now we get to the beginning of the pay-per-view and they lead off with MJF against Wardlow. And remember, they hit the music the first time. And I was like, uh, is MJF coming out? <laughs> it's just like, it almost, I, I think you uh, you said that it would have been funny if they had kind of gone the direction of uh, Bash at the Beach, was it 2000, where Hogan came out there and Jarrett just laid down. I think that, it felt kind of like that. It was like an uncomfortable kind of, wow, is this really what's going to happen here? Now, granted, it's it's not. I mean, MJF does come out and does business, and the match comes off really well. Wardlow ends up uh, getting the victory after uh, carry the one, like 25,000 power bombs. I don't know. It was pretty ridiculous. But... As we go forward with this story, MJF um, still hadn't left Vegas by today and was scheduled to have a sit-down with Tony Khan um, to discuss his future. To discuss his future. To discuss... Wardlow just powerbombing the piss out of him? Right. Uh, Wasn't that uh, entertaining to me? Um, so, um, I, you know, I don't know what you would have had to do to even get him in the ring, but, you know, if that's what you're going to give me and, uh, MJF wants to act like an ass, I, I would have just sent him home. I would have found some, somebody else for him to run through. Mm-hmm. Um... That's just me. I mean, I, I you know, again, if this, if this is a work, then it's a well-played one. If not, 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't have given the little. I wouldn't have given no, 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 nothing. I'd have sent him home. Well, it's it's wild to me because this is if it is indeed a work, it's got to be the most intricately laid out work I've ever seen in my life. Almost as good as as Montreal. I mean, damn, there's so many little nuances here and it's all this is is just it's it's from saturday to sunday okay we're not going to show up at the meet and greet and then we're going to book a flight that we have no intention of getting on <laughs> and then and then you know we're going to show up walk to the ring and then just get power bombed to oblivion and then get stretchered out where they put the oxygen on his eyes like what mhm <laughs> I mean, to to me, it was that thought process was laid out very sloppy, um, and that was probably because of the fact that he showed up shortly before his matchup, and they say, "Okay, this is what we're going to do. Ready, go." Well, again, just, that we know of, right? Of course, this is a lot of this is speculation, and it it's it's more fun to sit here and look at it from that perspective. Because honestly, if we really knew what, what the thought process was, I think we'd be shocked. I think we'd probably be more disappointed at MJF than anything else. If that was truly how it was, you know, well, put together. I, I, I mean, if, if this is the way he's acting, mm-hmm. everybody's disappointed in him. Right. Right. And again, this isn't like who wrestling. He, this is like, uh, I, I mean, you know, his fans that went there, mm-hmm. right? So now he's turned loyal fans that wanted to pay money for his dumbass to be there. Right. You know, so now you don't have a smart business guy who has the entire world in front of him. You just have a jackass. Right. So he needs to really pay attention because... While on his face, that might be the type of heat he's looking for. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it could not go in his favor. And he could just have the crowds turn on him. If he thinks he can pull that off in a WWE setting, he's crazy. Right. I mean, if he had, if he had attempted to do this, he would be just another chapter <laughs> in a very, very long book. You know what I mean? They would just turn the page and he'd be out. Okay, mm-hmm. you're done. Without even blinking, they would just find somebody else. And personally, I mean, if he did go to WWE, I like that he's very confident in himself, but the reality to me is there's no way in hell that we're going to get the MJF we see on Dynamite in WWE. There's just no way. You're not going to get somebody that comes out there talking about uh, pinning shoulders to mats and banging rats in a promo. They will not let that go. I I know that this is a business of never say never. But there's just no way in hell that you're going to have MJF out there talking about rats. Vince already hates insider terms as it is. Christ, he hates the term belt. You know what I mean? Like, he's that anal about it. We're, we're not getting that MJF. As, as I said in the corner-to-corner chat, we will get we will get an angrier version of Miz. That's what we'll get. Yeah. 
And it won't even be that good because it'll be so watered down. It'll be like, oh, he's just angry to be angry. Right, right. He's he's uh, Ted DiBiase meets Miz. That's kind of what they would do. And the thing is, with that presentation, it's relatively similar to how EC3 was and what happened with EC3. EC3 was, uh, you know, great presentation at NXT. Still didn't get his due there. Then he gets to the main roster, and he's part of the 24-7 bunch. So MJF for 24-7 champ. Let's have it. Let's do it. Him and R-Truth have a great feud. And, I, I mean, honestly, if if his little buddy is, like, cheering him on, you're not helping him none. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you know, supposedly there's somebody out there that is. And, and again, this is where the question of, okay, how big of a work is this and how much of it isn't? Because supposedly this came from somebody completely outside of AEW, outside of, you know, that circle. Didn't come from MJF directly, and it didn't come from anybody except for potentially a friend of MJF's. By the way, if I'm MJF and one of my friends is talking to the media for me, uh, maybe it's time to reconsider who you have as friends. Unless this is all part of your plan, and okay, at 6 o'clock you're going to call Sean Darnold Sapp and you're going to tell him this. I don't know, but it's it's just not – it wasn't an incredible look. Although it did get a, a certain amount of buzz, Brian, when they, when they went live at uh, 1 o'clock Sunday morning to talk about MJF supposedly not making it to the pay-per-view, they had over 6,000 viewers watching the live feed. That's, that's pretty damned impressive for something as quick as, hey – so and so didn't show it show up to the uh, meeting. Wait, what was that? So during the report, where Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful dot com decides to tell us that MJF didn't show up for the meet and greet, and there was a flight booked for him to leave Las Vegas. Six thousand viewers at one o'clock in the morning are watching this through YouTube. Yeah, but I, I mean. Is that his normal? I'm sure he's probably close to that. It it anyway. varies. You know, his uh, when he broke the story about CM Punk, it was 12,000. If we're looking at a comparison, it was a pretty large number. Um, yeah, but... So, here's here's what's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Is we, we kind of take this... Um... You know, again, like, oh, 6,000 people showed up at 1 o'clock in the morning to yada, yada, yada for a news report. Well, chances are those are 6,000 little people. 6,000 is not a great number or huge number uh, to be, like, breaking this to. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that worked for them. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he got got. I mean, that's right. all there is to it. He got got. Um, now, uh, hold on. Um, does that mean like he's wrong? No, but what it means is he got got, 
you know, yeah. he he went with the story, he ran with it, and you know, woohoo! You, you got well, I think, it. I think sooner or later, sooner or later, everybody gets got. You know, you, well, yeah. you, you're going to have that moment. Someone's going to get you. It's happened to all of them. Yeah, but they get you get got more often than people pay attention to. No, that's probably true. Even I mean, even look at Melcher, right? Melcher is probably only right now fifty percent right and fifty percent wrong. Mm-hmm. So you know, somebody's feeding them something half the time. It turns out not to be right. Right. Uh, I mean, you don't need. We don't even know if the person that called him is a true friend of MJF. It could have just been somebody that, oh, I work at the airport, and guess whose name is on a flight? Mm-hmm. You know, you see what I'm saying? I, mean, yeah. I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on what these people say they know. For all we know, he could have just been like, you know what? Let me try this. Let me just throw it out into the into the wrestling verse. Not having a because nobody's going to fact check him. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let me just throw this out there. Let me just try and generate some buzz. Let me look like I'm the guy that broke it because oh, that means people are going to start watching my. You know, they're going to start coming to me for news. Whichever way it worked, you know, whether he generated the story or somebody called him and gave him the wrong story, you got got. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, might as well try again tomorrow, but today you look like uh, you're eating a little crow there, buddy. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I'll give him credit as well during the post-show, which... You know, he didn't have to do that broadcast. He could have had somebody else do it, but he did it. And he, he kind of owns up to it. He's like, hey, listen, this is what I knew. This is what was told to me. Hey, if it turns out it's a work, then so be it. But this is what I know. So I, I found his, his approach to it to be, hey, okay, like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And I don't even have a problem with the, with the question of, or, the, or the fact, you know, if it's an observable fact by this point. Okay, if he got got fine, you know, like Brian said, I mean, Meltzer, hell, half the time he's getting got. They used to make a joke out of it just to make sure that this guy was being sent running in the wrong direction. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 the it, it kind of harkens back to that whole comment that we had. Mm, we've said it many times. I mean, this is just a very exciting time to be part of pro wrestling and a fan of pro wrestling because yeah, but- literally anything can happen. Yeah, but at, to me, at the end of the day, somebody like that, right, is trying to portray himself, you know, almost as like a news journalist. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's reporting news. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should fact check it a little bit before you just come out with foolish stuff. Because, I mean, literally, he could have really hurt. Uh, AEW in the pocket. If there were true, you know, let's say there's 20,000 people that are diehard MJS fan. Oh, they just hear 
oh, he's gotten on a plane and left. Right. And they want their money back. You see what I'm saying? To me, there should be a level of responsibility to this. Mm-hmm. Which I think is severely lacking. Well, that that is an interesting point. Because, I'll be honest, I hadn't really looked at it from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, you, you get a you get a report from somebody, you fact-check it the way you have before. And, and from his sta- statement... It was, hey, this is somebody that has given me credible information in the past. So, yeah, he rolls the dice. He goes forward with his story, and it turns out, well, hey, uh, MJF just came out and did his job, and everything looks it, hunky-dory. Yeah. It, so how do you explain that? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. again, though, I, I as a reporter, mm-hmm. can tell you a lot of things, Right. Oh, yeah, this guy's given me credible information before. Right. Well, whatever he's given you before, now, his credibility, the, the, the guy's credibility, a girl's credibility is out the window. Mm-hmm. Right? You are portraying yourself as a news reporter, right? Now, I'm not talking like when he knows shows, right? That's breaking news, right? But you took it upon yourself because... But he was the first one that did it, and he was probably the only one that did it. No, about he the was flight. not. There were, there were multiple people well, reporting it. Yeah, but he was the first one to do it. No, he wasn't. Who was the first one? Uh, PW Insider. Okay, well, then he's, a, he's an even bigger idiot because he's ripping off somebody else's news tag. Let them look like the idiots. You see what I'm saying? There, there's a point in time where if you want to be a reporter, reputable news order break breaking news you should probably fact check it instead of just be checking because so what did his confident or did his his guy call pwi or what whoever first and tell them and then call him and no he, he was who it, he was the person that confirmed it that he confirmed it with so the report comes out insider gets the report of the flight they he and PW Insider basically take the same steps to to verify um and to go through the uh the report and then they decide okay we're going to go forward we're going to report that this happened so they go ahead they report the hey nobody has uh nobody's reported this yet but MJF didn't show up at the meet and greet and then oh well, yeah no I'm talking as about as part of that report right as part of that report you know, there's also a report that there's a flight booked for MJF to leave Vegas, which, what? you know, I I know that this was, as far as where I saw it first, it was PW Insider on Twitter, and yeah, then the Sap claims that he, later, it was, Sap claims yeah. he confirmed it through his uh, informant. I guess that's the way to word it. Um, he confirms it through the dick. informant. What's that? Informer didn't know Duke. Apparently yeah. not. Yeah, I, I, because here's here's the thing that struck me as odd about this story mm-hmm. is this. I don't think this is something I've never tried it, so I don't know if you can do it or not. But I don't just think that the the an airline is just going to hand out passenger list. You see what I'm saying? So if I mm-hmm. call United and say, hey, you know, can you tell me if this person's on the plane? I 
Do you think they're going to tell me? To the I'm best of curious. my knowledge, you can't you can't call and get like a manifest or find out who's on a flight. As I I never heard as, of it. As somebody who experienced this when I was on the flight coming from Europe one time and I got bumped and I wasn't on the flight that I was supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. And um, so the flight I was supposed to be on landed and my mom was waiting for me. And there comes, you know, my suitcase, but no me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So she was trying to explain to them and they're like, sorry, he's over 18 and we can't tell you anything. Right. Yeah. So, so to to me, the only thing you'd be able to confirm, and and this is where ultimately I think SAP has got to have that unfortunate conversation of, "Yep, I got got." Where because all you can confirm is there's a flight leaving Vegas at eight o'clock or whatever the the hell the time. There's a been. lot of flights leaving Vegas all day long. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. Uh, <laughs> Jersey or wherever. Right. Right. That'd be the only thing you could really confirm. And it just happens to go to Stanford. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there's a there's a McMahon on there, but it's more like Bob. And <laughs> he's never heard of anything you do, MJF. <laughs> he's in the tinfoil business. <laughs> so I mean that that was the big buzz of the weekend before we even get to pay per view time. Um, you know, we've I think we've dedicated a lot there, but uh because Rob is just what is Rob Hafner, how you doing, man? Doing good. I'm doing good. How is you all? Have y'all recovered from the 18 hour pay per view? <laughs> the marathon of double or nothing. We haven't gotten into the entirety of the show. We've only started. We we started with MJF and uh, and his Wardlow match. So let me go ahead and give you your 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 due here. Talk to us your thoughts on the match itself and and uh, your final thoughts on MJF and what he was doing, whether it was work or shoot. Well, I mean. I feel like it was a shoot uh, or work. Sorry. Um, I feel like he's the heel. He's the Ric Flair ish heel of wrestling today. Um, He works it all day long, every day. So, you know, and for him to come out and do the match. And I thought it was awesome that he was actually delayed coming out to the ring, Mm -hmm. you know, so everybody had that uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, so do I think it's real? Do I think he wants more money? Yes, I do. I think it's a, it could be an example of I signed this contract, but I'm a lot more popular than I was, and I want more money. But, you know, we talked about that last night. I feel like you should honor your commitment, and then after that, you reevaluate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the match, it was what we thought. It was a typical, it was your MJF has been talking crap, making people work through hoops, and then he's like, oh, shit, I can act, this guy's actually going to be there. My favorite moment was when he put the ring on, and then the ref comes over him, and there's Wardlow. That was, I think, the spot of the night I liked. The spot of that moment, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like quality start of the pay per view. I liked the the way that everything MJF had run from throughout this whole build had come back to haunt him. 
the attempts to cheat, the attempts to run away, it ultimately all came back to bite him in the ass. Um, and then we get 25,000 power bombs later. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was how it felt. I, I, I think the count was actually at like 12, which is still insane for power bombs. Yes. Although, I mean, how else does a match like that go? Is it supposed to be where MJF works him over? I mean, were we supposed to get that or? No. It was supposed to be exactly what you got. Yeah. He, he walked the steps and then he got his ass whipped. You know? <laughs> right, right. But good start to the pay-per-view. I agree with you there. I think that uh, we had an opportunity to finally – to finally get a, a shot, you know, of what Wardlow could be. And we got a, our first glimpse of that. And now now the question is, okay, what what do you do now? What do you do next with Wardlow? Ooh. Hello? Welcome back. Oh, yeah. I had to go get a nice, cold, refreshing Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'll do uh, that. They ain't paying us. They ain't paying us. <laughs> and this, this particular Mountain Dew was bottled by PepsiCo. Double name dropping. Wow. So if they do uh, start paying us, then that's great. But if not, then stop doing that. You not. wouldn't get it. I would get it. I'm 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 throwing the sponsorship. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's cool. You get nothing. Nothing, huh? Nothing. You can try wow. and drink like uh, water or something. Maybe get us Dasani or something. That's Ew. Coke. Who wants water? Ew. Gross. Sam would get Shasta. Ooh. <laughs> Shasta. Wanta, wanta. <laughs> nah, I get Fanta. <laughs> long as it's crepe. Hey, Fanta's Coke. Let's do that. Oh, well, already then. They'd probably pay us. Yeah. I'll have to ask. <laughs> yeah. So, where was we? MJF and Wardlow comes to a close. Wardlow is free. We get the finally the elite placard. <laughs> Wardlow is all elite, although I'm pretty sure in 2019 we got one of those. But what do I know? I'm just I'm just some crazy kooky fan. But now he's there by himself. Attention. He's on his own. You got I think you might be right. They were yeah, maybe. trying to make me feel better. Maybe it's it's he's finally free, I guess. Cool. We'll see what we'll see what they do next. I mean, I like Wardlow. I'm just like, all right, you did it. You you got your build up. Now what? Is he gonna beat Scorpio Sky? No, just like Goldberg, he beats everybody else for a while. So so does he? What does he beat five for a few weeks in a row, and <laughs> then just work his way up? Fuego Del Sol, you're oh. next. Uh, really? So Goldberg's run to the top was through all the people. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to roll over a lot of guys. And uh, how long does it take before Wardlow gets gets the big run? Gets the big run? Yeah. Because uh, if, we're, if, we're, if, if we're making it similar to Goldberg, Goldberg was what, about a year, year and a half? Yeah, probably. So that trajectory, you definitely have people you could have them run through, whether it's Dark and Elevation and Rampage, you know what I mean? Like, you could do it. But, wow. I mean, Goldberg <laughs> went through, like, Barry from Poughkeepsie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the numbers don't have to be – people don't have to be monstrous. They just have to be a number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like Jade Cargill. Yeah. She comes out one week and it's 23. She comes out the next week and it's like, oh, it's 168. (laughs) No, that was was Goldberg. Yeah. Because I still think Goldberg lost. I think there was a loss or something. Somewhere, I don't know, I, I just, for whatever reason, seem to remember a loss. To me, it gets hazy. Days. It gets hazy when you look at the early time because Goldberg came out. Remember when Piper was auditioning people for his team for that Super Brawl? It was going to be War Games. It was Team Piper, Team WCW, and Team NWL. That was what it was going to be. Or no, it wasn't. It, eventually, it was the Horsemen and Piper, but it was Team Piper. And he was giving these no-names tryouts. And I want to say Goldberg was part of that and lost. But who knows? I mean, that's now we're trying to make me remember things. Yeah, I mean, something... Because I remember even talking about it back then. Mm-hmm. Like, like his, one of his first early matches, he lost or something. Well, that's, that's that other dude, that guy who said that our, you know, MJF's going to leave. But let's ask him his opinion. Yeah, <laughs> too soon. Sorry. He he's not he's not answering a lot of tweets today. I give him credit. He's sticking it out. Most people would have just said, "All right, I'm shutting down social media and <laughs> just just not answering." But as far as the reporters concerned, if that's if that's who Rob meant, he's been. He's been relatively active. I was joking. Oh, I thought you were asking a legitimate question. Well, I was saying we could ask him because he knows everything, just like that other guy. Meltzer. Hmm. Hmm, I say. Hmm. I guess we'll have to find out. Coming up after Wardlow and MJF, we had the Young Bucks and the Hardys. I really didn't know what to expect out of this matchup. Um, I was hopeful to see you know a, a good, solid match, a good pace. But when Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy make their way to the ring, it didn't look good. <laughs> like Matt or Jeff Hardy looked like he was maybe struggling a little bit, but gets to the ring and he's okay. At least when they start out. I don't know what happened with his boot, but somehow either his boot came undone or there was an injury and he was trying to get it off of his foot or what, but it was really 
really kind of weird. But these guys, as they as they continue to work through it and work through it, they did. They really, really did a a hell of a job just beating the shit out of each other. And it felt more like a fight than it was a tag match. I mean, it was a steady match. I mean, it was hard hitting from the beginning to end. And there's, like you said, there was a couple times where you're like, somebody got the lazy leg. (laughs) I mean, there's there's a part where uh, the the ringside doctor came to Jeff's aid to see if he was okay. I can only assume that Jeff kind of waves him off because, you know, he's like, all right, I'm fine. Leave me alone. But, you know, he had his boot undone for a majority of the time. I wonder if his boot just got got messed up while he was trying to climb the top rope at some point. Mm. Some point. Mm. Some point. Mm. From the ramp. Engine ramp like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he rung his bell during the match and he wasn't all there. Yeah. <clears throat> we talked about it last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when uh, the doc came over, somewhere along the way, he, he, he it looked like he had got his bell rung or something prior to that. Mm-hmm. The Bucks hit uh, how many super kicks would we configure here? 15, 25? No, stop it. I mean, come on, man. I think the last just... count was 32. You guys really hate the super kick party, don't you? I hope they have one. I hope one day I get to attend one, and y'all can be on the other side looking into the super kick party. I think they'll have one with you. As a matter of fact, I think they'll just super kick you. You'll Not going to happen. You'll be in there and think, saying, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for filming me. I'm so glad to be here for the Bucks. And then wham, 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 live, laugh, Not gonna super happen. kick. Not going to happen. <laughs> See, my problem with the super kick party is the fact that for years, the super kick was a thing to end the match. Yes. And you get the Bucks who will spend a whole match and do 85 of them. So then it's like, then what the hell is the point of, you know, oh, it's such a devastating finisher that we have to kick somebody 82 times. Yeah, but so then let me ask you this. What are your feelings on the DDT? Uh, a pile driver. Same thing. Uh, I think that it, they've lost their, over the years, they've lost their, you know, oh, that's going to be devastating. And it's the same thing when Brock Lesnar comes in and does 82 F5s. <laughs> I mean, it makes no damn sense. It takes away, to me, it takes away from, your finisher of oh this is a devastating finisher just but i i don't know i don't recall how long ago the bucks stopped using that as a finisher it's almost like it's a strike for them well i think that's what that's what it's supposed to be it's their parody of it so they're gonna like all right well we're just gonna do it 20 times in a match and they, yeah. they make a joke out of it every chance they get. I mean, look at BTE. Yeah. It's live, laugh, super kick. Or live, love, yeah. super kick. They, they get it backwards so many times. So it's whatever. Yeah. yeah, they do it for people like y'all who get upset because they do it 25 times. 
Well, I don't get upset. upset. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Y'all are upset. It's excessive. See? Now you're upset. You're raising your voice. It's excessive. (laughs) You're getting... Your octaves are going up. Because then there's people like you that sit there going, oh, come on. (laughs) What? Why? Why? They do it to mess with people. That's it. That's all they're doing it for. And because y'all bring it up, they're like, ha-ha, we got them too. Hey, look, on uh, Monday Night Raw right now, it's about to be MJF TV. I'm sorry, Miz TV. Miz TV is coming up with the Street Profits. Oh, that would be so funny if he went and they gave him, like, uh, MJF TV. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. For the record, Miz came out tonight in a rather dapper-looking suit. Really speaks to me in a lot of MJF kind of vibes. Just saying. He needs a you. scarf. I was going to say, all he needs is a scarf. <laughs> um, I did not expect the Hardys to win this tag match, but they they sure did after taking every single super kick, Meltzer driver. I mean, you name it. They, they, took, they took everything with the kitchen sink. <laughs> from the Bucks and still came out on top. Um, you know, it was a fun match. I, I don't know that I'd say match of the year or anything like that, but it was definitely a fun match. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Wrestlingheadlines.com gave it two and a half stars. And a what, five? Yeah, I think they go on a five-star scale. I would have given it three. Uh, I think I'm with Rob. Wow. Okay. All right. Next up was well, the only, t- only because of Jeff, right? Because, I mean, he, to me, he threw the whole thing off. Well, yeah, he just didn't seem right. I'm I'm not trying to speak to him being, like, under the influence or anything. I just don't think he was okay. Yeah, you are. Yeah. He didn't yeah, seem I right. He, I think he you're got his bell to, wrong. to be first, not right. Oh, now see, don't do that. Don't do that. I I am not a reporter, sir. I don't do that. I don't have anybody I can call to verify flights. It just doesn't work. Because you can't call anybody to verify flights. (laughs) I said I don't know anybody. (laughs) Uh, Next up, TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defending against Anna Jay. The coolest parts of this segment of the pay-per-view happened after the match. The match itself was shitty. I, I could have did without this. I am not a Jade Cargill fan. She takes forever your, to set up everything she's going to do. I mean... It's her dancing no. partner. I blame Anna Jay. You blame Anna Jay? Seriously? Okay. I do. It's Anna Jay's fault. Okay. Well, then Anna Jay needs to go back to the where did she train out of? Was it the Nightmare Factory? Uh-oh. Well, Cody, you're in trouble. Oh, that's right. Cody's in WWE now. Oops. Just because he's there, just because he's not there, don't blame it on him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I, 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 don't, I don't know that's if like I agree your, with it. your high school on your problems. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should. I don't think, I think you'd agree. I don't think they set us up for success. <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever. Get out of our building. 
we're getting we're not getting paid to put you through here to make sure you got it we're just getting paid. right right here here's the piece of paper please go away <laughs> continue <Right>. walking <laughs> uh let's see here mark sterling had already wrestled in the uh in the buy-in him and uh, Tony Nese against Hookhausen, which I guess we'll talk about that in a second since we kind of skipped past it. Um, oh, wow. Lacey Evans was in Charlotte for the Coca-Cola 600. Didn't know that. Yeah. That, <clears throat> I think it, that, that was tasteless. Okay. I guess we'll definitely talk about that here in a second. Um, no, like she, she showed up at the Memorial Day race with all the veterans wearing her ring gear the new ring gear uh-huh. to do the command to start the engines. Like why, why you got to dress like a floozy <laughs> floozy. Wow. I know she was just being in character, but it was just like, I think it could have been done different. Okay. I, I didn't see any of that except just what they just showed just now. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> Oh, hush it. So, back to my point. Mark Sterling comes down to the ring. He has a neck brace on. He's got a crutch. He tries to throw the crutch in for Jade. That goes that goes sideways. Jade Cargill still comes out on top, though. Still somehow manages to win after we get Stokely Hathaway, formerly known as Malcolm Bivens of NXT, making his way to the ring and taking over seemingly as the manager of Jade Cargill. And now Jade and the baddies have a uh, an opportunity to attack and lay into Anna Jay. Well, Chris Statlander makes the save, and all of a sudden we get new music coming out there, and it's Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon, to join the, join the fray, and it's finally an even number. Athena... Mm. Formerly Ember Moon, debuting for AEW last night. Stokely Hathaway in AEW last night. Um, wow. Business just picked up just a little bit. Yeah, that was interesting doing two of them, like, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking, like, probably in the span of 30 seconds. F that. It may not have even been that. I mean, Stokely Hathaway, very, very well known from Evolve. Uh, very co- accomplished in that regard. He's had a lot that he's been able to do. When he went to NXT, it was interesting because he was kind of a heel manager. And then suddenly he was part of the Diamond Mind. Diamond Mind, excuse me. And they were good guys. And now he's in AEW. So... Okay, we're off and running. Definitely good to see Athena, though. I mean, she did great in WWE. They didn't do her a lot of favors, but Ember Moon was exciting as hell to watch. That's a great addition to the women's division. Uh-huh. Thought it was great. Exciting entrance. Was that yeah. all we got for the Jade Cargill match? <laughs> well, I, I was I waiting like for him to elaborate. Match, so, yeah, yeah I, I wanted I, to hear Robbie elaborate on the exciting part of. <laughs> I thought he had something else to say. Cargill match that is that was that it, was that it was over. I agree. 
that match was just not good. <laughs> it's, it's Anna Jay. She can't compete with Jade. What? Ugh. Sorry, bro. No. No, no, no. I'm a Jade fan. Hashtag not my host champ. I mean, TBS champ. I am Jaded. <laughs> oh, wow. Rob is Jaded. I like that. I like it. So before we move up in the card, we might as well talk about Hookhausen and Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. What a good, a fun tag team match this was. I really enjoyed seeing this one. I love what they're doing with Danhausen. The build, the slow burn for Hook just keeps getting hotter and hotter. Fans are over the moon about both of these guys. They went nuts for everything Hookhausen did. Um, the question remains, what is this for Tony Nese? Where does Tony Nese go from here? Because, uh, he's definitely an accomplished performer and has a lot to offer, but having gone with, uh, Hookhausen and now lost, or is this all blamed on Mark Sterling? Oh, I think it's Mark Sterling. Mm-hmm. I would imagine he'll probably get another shot with an actual, Wrestler involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tony Nese will start to move up. Yeah, you could almost reboot Tony Nese. Mm. You know, just, just have him come out of this, be like, you know what, I'm done with Mark Sterling. He was a jackass. I'm going on my own. And then he comes out and just has tremendous matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, just you know, don't forget that as they continue to move forward, contracts will be dropped off, you know, holes will be open, and a guy like Tony Meese can fill it pretty pretty easy. How Do you think that Hookhausen stays a tag team, like, going forward? Like, do you think they give him an opportunity in a tag title match? No. No. I mean, they legit cannot compete with, like, your your top-tier tag teams. I mean, can you imagine them versus Swerve and Keith Lee? I mean, I can imagine right now Hook <laughs> being in there, but I feel like Dan Housen would curse them and then get squished. <laughs> it would be, it'd be very fast. Down as it's fun, he's a comedic act, but in the long term, to keep him the way he is, you can't have him every week. You know what I mean? Right, right. You don't want to overdo it because then people will get bored, I think. But then again, I mean, Danhausen can wrestle. I mean, he can go. So it's it's in the right element that he could be presented in. Yeah, but I, I mean literally I just I don't see them as a tag team climbing up, but so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, with the rating system, maybe they luck up and right. get a title shot. But FTR? Mm-hmm. Are they going to beat FTR? Are they going to beat Jurassic Express? Realistically, <laughs> you know, any of your top tag teams? I would hope not. So that to me that there's a ceiling on Hookhausen. 
Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of popularity that they have to work with, and I feel like that eventually Hook will get that run. Maybe Hook is their next Goldberg. It's it's crazy. I mean, he has so much to offer, and he's so young that you got all the time in the world to do whatever you want with him. Really? Yeah, twenty pounds. That's what he needs. Uh, How much muscle. does he actually weigh? Looks like about one sixty-five, one ninety. <laughs> Let me look that up. Now I'm genuinely curious. How much? Does hook way? <laughs> Let's see. Two oh one. That's that's got to work. I love hook. Don't get me wrong. I love what they're doing with him, but I don't believe that he's two hundred one pounds. No, no, that might be about right. <laughs> but again, even his ceiling is kind of capped unless he. Puts on more weight. Maybe he continues to kind of blossom and and get his uh get his acumen up there, and we see him become some kind of technical guru. Who knows? Well, yeah, but you know, if they have like a junior heavyweight, light heavyweight, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to him versus Wardlow for the world title. Mm-hmm. If he's two hundred one and Wardlow's two eighty five to you know three hundred of pure muscle, how are you gonna pull that one off? I don't know. I mean, that's that's a that's a good point. I, I really don't know what else they would do with that. Heading back into the card, we talked about Hook and uh, Hookhausen versus Sterling and Nice. We got the House of Black versus Death Triangle. Man, this match was fun. This was a lot of crazy stuff getting done. Just you know that with the six of these people, that it's it's just going to be out of control. These guys are nuts. Um, Pack runs about ninety five miles an hour by himself. Then you throw into the mix Buddy Matthews, who is just unstoppable. Phoenix and uh, and Penta Oscuro, I mean, they speak for themselves. Brody King is a beast of a man. Never mind Malachi Black, who I think we all know is uh, bound for bigger and better things at some point. But there again, I think the story that, that really makes the match is at the end here where Julia Hart, lights go off. Lights come back on, and there's Julia Hart spraying the black mist into Pac's face to enable the House of Black to get the victory. It's finally, finally paying off what has been built for... How long did they build that? Mm, six months, maybe? Yeah, easily six months. Maybe maybe a little mm. bit longer, but I, I want to say you're right on that six months. But, geez, finally, we finally, finally get Julia Hart as part of the House of Black. Rob, thoughts on uh, Death Triangle versus House of Black? Spooky. What? Spooky. <laughs> 
spooky. Okay, okay. That actually is true. <laughs> the, the, the entrances themselves. By the way, uh, Pena Oscuro comes to the ring with, I think that was his daughter? The little, the little kid that was with him? Um, it was Pinta. Pinta. Pinta Pinta. Hmm. <laughs> Pinta Pinta. Um, I thought it was a hard-hitting match. I mean, I just what you're seeing from Malachi Black right now is what you saw with him from NXT, and to obey his name, and then mm-hmm. for when he got watered down when he went to the main roster. But it's just um, what we see with him is. Is what it should have been. Now, the people they have surrounding him, you know, we're kind of seeing how other fat family factions could have been. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that it's exciting. I mean, I, he's spooky as shit, but I like, I like what he's doing. I like what they're doing with him. And I agree with you. Like, that slow burn of, you know, they spit in her face how long ago? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wait a minute. You just thought it was done. There wasn't anything. And boom. haha, Here you go. Brian, you just sent this to us. I know we are talking about House of Black and Death Triangle, but please <laughs> share this information because we were just talking about this a few minutes ago. This is some intriguing shit right here. Oh, I've already passed it. I just sent it to you and then moved on. Two-man power trip of wrestling podcast with Chad Fortune. Host is John Paz, JP. Uh, we talked about it earlier, about Goldberg's loss before he was Goldberg. Well, it happened at a WCW dark match where Chad Fortune beat Goldberg. Goldberg actually credits him with his first loss in his book. I did not know that. You're Brian teaching us. Well, yeah, but it's not nothing that we didn't know along the way. Again, I can remember when the streak was going on, mm-hmm. talking about there was a loss somewhere. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So something tells me that back in the day they must have said it on TV or something. Mm -hmm. Or showed the dark matter, you know, something that we became hip to it. Well, now we've got it right there in black and white. So, boom. Technically black, white, and blue. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. Don't forget the blue. Very important. Include all the colors. <laughs> uh, I am so happy to see Julia Hart getting this big opportunity with House of Black, by the way. I think that uh, this completes that faction as far as the growth of it. You maybe could put one more person in it, but I think I think it's solid with this grouping. I mean, it's, it, we'll see how it goes and how they build on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's still a few that, that are out there that could easily become House of Black members. And mm-hmm. I know they love their trios and their groups in AEW. So Gang no. warfare. <clears throat> yeah. So there's some groups that, you know, it's like kind of like when Adam Page joined the Dark Order, you know? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> But yeah, I, I I mean the the paper started good and it and it and it kept you intrigued every match. So yeah, there, there's the feeling with AEW pay per views that like you don't you don't want to walk away from the screen because you don't want to miss anything. I mean, even with with the Jade Cargill match, which I think we all at one point or another got up to go to the bathroom or whatever. But even with that. Because it was as short as it was, if you had been away from there, like if you were in attendance there, say you were getting uh, concessions, you could have missed Athena and Stoke, which would have sucked. Yeah, that's why you go to the bathroom during the match. You no, know? because it's Jay Cargill match. You're not gonna miss a whole lot of like leg kicking, <laughs> body slamming, and Maybe Jade can go back to training. Maybe that's what we'll do. Send her back to training. <laughs> Owen Hart Foundation Finals were the next couple of matches to come for us. And we had Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. thought this was a pretty fun match. A good match for both guys. Uh, Adam Cole really, really just showing a lot. A lot in his past few months of just versatility. I don't remember if him and uh, Samoa Joe actually wrestled in NXT. I really don't think it happened. Um, what's his name? Said they've never wrestled before. Excalibur. Yeah, I think it was him. So they have Kyoto. never wrestled before. Mike Kyoto was referee for this one, so we had an opportunity for for Big Mike Kyoto to come back, which was cool. Of course, Mike Kyoto had a great uh, relationship with Owen Hart and the Hart family. Um, Adam Cole wins by uh, hitting the lowers the boom. Is that what it's called? Lower the boom? Anyway, it's a shining wizard at the back of the head. (laughs) That gives Adam Cole the victory. Um, Great match. I, I really... I was curious if they would if they would even have Samoa Joe lose. I, I was curious how they would put that together, but this was a good match. 
I like his pink pink gear. You like Cole's gear? Yeah. And the cool thing is I don't, I don't think like it takes away gear. from Joe. No, no, because you had Bobby Fish get involved because they had the distraction and all of that, I think you're right. <clears throat> Nobody likes a warm beer. Just making all kinds of noise walking around. <laughs> Next up was the women's tournament final for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Britt Baker DMD, excuse me, Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Ruby Soho. This actually kind of disappointed me. To me, Ruby Soho should have should have had this big match. This should have been her night. I understood the logic behind it. I understand the the power couple presentation of what they were going for. But, um, I mean, how many more times can you have Ruby Soho just not get it done? Uh, what is this, her ninth loss? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's. I feel bad for her because this is the same stuff they did to her where she came from. Although she is getting more activity, more ring activity, so I suppose it comes and goes. Yeah, but so where she came from, she would lose in like two point five minutes. Right. Here, at least she's getting a shot to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. She didn't. She I mean, yes, go. She gets to show the skills that made her who she is. And I think the losses she's taken, because we all commented on her record when they showed it, you know, the losses she's taken aren't, they haven't hurt her career. They they haven't hurt her momentum yet, (laughs) you know? So as time granted as time goes on it'll be one of those like okay here she goes here she's gonna lose again you know but right now i think and when she's losing you know in the finals of the host title and and, uh, (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) you like that yeah it's well done and uh, (laughs) and in the um in the Owen Hart final. So it's like when she loses, she's losing in big matches. It's not like she loses every week like before when she was losing to Powder Puff or Sugar Duff or Dewdrop, whatever the hell her name is, you know? That's a yeah, big Powder Puff. I'd be curious to know her, like her win loss percentage in the WWE compared to here. Because she's definitely made, she's definitely been showcased in better matches here than she was in the WWE. I completely agree with you there. Uh, Showcase-wise, as far as how she's presented, the, uh, the the matches that she's had, to Rob's point, have been high profile. So, yeah, I definitely agree that her presentation is a lot better. And I bet and, you, if you look at the stand and she's probably, I would think she'd probably be top five. And she got played to the ring by Rancid, the folks that perform her music, her uh, ring ring music. So that was pretty awesome. Um, oh. Leads- Dr. Britt Baker got that weird dude with a guitar. <laughs> she got uh, Rich Ward, the guitarist for, for Fozzie. <laughs> well, his boss was there, so he might as well come to work, too. <laughs> wonder if he got paid for that. wonder if he got paid for that. wonder if- So... Both Britt Baker, DMD, 
and Adam Cole win the Owen Hart tournament, both men's and women's. So at the end of the Britt Baker Ruby Soho match, at the end of the uh, the finals for the women, Martha Hart comes out with Tony Khan and uh, gives a fun speech talking about how excited that uh, and happy she is to be working with AEW and and celebrating the life and the accomplishments of Owen Hart. She presents some uh, championship belts to both Adam Cole and to Britt Baker in a, in a way that basically their prize for winning the tournament, their names, of course, get added to the cup. But these, ter- these championships were kind of throwbacks to the old Stampede title, and uh, they, they actually looked really nice. I, I liked them. I thought it was cool. Um, I think it'd be kind of neat. I mean, I guess neater is a word. Um, if they would have presented it in the ring, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like had the ref hold it up like, all right, this is what you're fighting for. Kind of thing, but it was neat. I like the fact that they were different types, different co- different colors. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see if this was just because it was the inaugural or will this have keep happening, you know? Well, the plan is for the Owen to be an annual tournament. Very nice. I mean, like the belts, you know? Oh, um, maybe, maybe. Or maybe they just stick with the trophy and put the names on the cup kind of thing. Or will this be like the big green belt that Braun Strowman held up that everybody's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Nah, I don't think so. Mixed tag action was next. We got Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and the debut of Paige Van Zant taking on Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Yeah, this match I could have totally did without. Um, but if there's a positive to it is hopefully <laughs> the feud between Scorpio sky and Sammy Guevara is done. Although I talked about it with Brian earlier. I think it's highly plausible that Sammy Guevara causes Scorpio sky to lose to Dante Martin on Wednesday in that TNT title match and thus gets himself a title shot and uh, beats Dante Martin getting the TNT title back for what the fifth time, no fourth time, excuse me. Well, then he could still have the feud with Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. He just can't challenge him as the TNT title champion. Mm-hmm. But if he helps him lose, then he could beat his ass all he wants. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, Paige Van Zandt had a decent showing, I thought. Okay. <laughs> Not much else to say about this one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that was a statement. I mean, were you asking a question? I I think it's one of those things where you can either interject or, or leave it silent as you see fit, sir. Oh, I mean, yeah. a question would have been like, hey, guys, what would you think of the super kick that took off Ty Conti's lower jaw? You know, that yeah. was um that was redonkulous. That damn kick was pretty ridiculous. 
But I bet she's eating applesauce today. Ugh. And that was from that was from Sammy. Sammy somehow managed just to pull that off. That was like, damn. <laughs> and and that was he gets turned around, and Conti was was holding. Uh, I guess it was supposed to be Kazarian that she was going to hold. And Kazarian ducks out of the way, and wham, down goes Conti. She might. I'm be, actually uh, rewatching that right now. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Outside of the super so kick, funny. I don't. <laughs> That's the segment I just watched. The super kick. Poor. I time. mean, the best part of the match was that I think, um, mm-hmm. and then the build up of Ty Conti and what's her name Van Zant getting mm-hmm. their hands on each other, um, or she getting her hands on Ty Conti. But other than that, I'm not a big Sammy fan, and. I definitely don't like Ethan Page. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, what they do next will be important. Double or nothing for AEW is really their their WrestleMania. So that's their big show of the year, um, which is why you could really get the feeling that everything was they went all out for it. You know, it, pardon the pun, it, they really did make it was sure double that or they nothing, were doing man. That. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's right. I got the wrong event. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next up, Kyler Riley and Darby Allen. Um, I said earlier that uh, this matchup itself honestly could have been on a dynamite, and we'd been we'd have been just fine. It was a hell of a match, though. Um, Darby is bound to determine to try to break his own neck. I don't know about you guys, but I, I was concerned for his well being. <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Why were you concerned about his well-being? I don't know. How about him just diving through the ring and landing on the back of his skull? You know, uh, how about the other time where he dives through the other side of the ropes? And he's lucky. He's lucky that uh, Kyle was there in the way that he was and able to catch him because had he not just been able to absorb some of that, he could have easily broken his own, his own neck. Mm. I don't see it like that. I mean, the, the one dive is, uh, you know, an accident that he probably should stop because, you know, sometimes he does make mistakes in that move. But the second one was, you know, a planned spot that I'm sure they've worked on multiple times. Rob, what did you think of uh, Darby and Kyle? I mean, the match was great. I kind of feel like I know Darby has that. He's always had that throw stuff against the wall and see if it sticks kind of at it, you know, mm-hmm. like he wants to leave it all in the ring. Kind of like Jeff Hardy early on, you know, mm-hmm. and I do wonder sometimes if he takes risks that are just like, you know, did you need to do that? Um, you know, but 
I mean, that's his style. That's what he's gotten known for, and that's how he's made his name. And we've had several conversations about how, you know, wrestlers could do one move like that every so often and still get the pop and not have to do it every match. You know what I mean? So, as long as he can do it, hey, but the match was good. Um, and, like I said, there were several of those that were like, ooh! <laughs> right, right. I mean, th- these guys were just beating the shit out of each other. Um, the Early on, Darby's face or his mouth or whatever got busted open. I'm still not clear as to what exactly caused that, but it was... Early in the matchup, and the next thing you know, he kind of just sits up, and there's blood streaming out of his mouth. Let's see here. I'm just kind of scrolling through the highlights. Uh, There was a coffin drop on the apron that, I mean, Jesus, why do that? (laughs) Um, I mean, I know why, but Jesus. A lot of kicks, a lot of uh, a lot of headbutts, a lot of palm strikes from Kyle O'Reilly. Honestly, felt like uh, Kyle was was going to get the victory at multiple points, but delivering a a knee drop from the top rope is what finally wins it. Great showing for Kyle. I mean, this could be one of those launching off points that shows Kyle O'Reilly as a true single superstar. We're getting this probably four out of the last five. Mm-hmm. Wins as a single competitor. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more. So. And some decent names too. Right, right. I mean these aren't these aren't scrubs that he's going past. These are real top tier talent that he's been beating. So, WrestlingHeadlines.com gave this matchup four stars. I, I, I completely agree. It was definitely a good match between the two. Mm. How long was this match? Uh, 20 minutes, maybe. What they used to do on Star Search, I'll give it three, three-quarter stars. <laughs> they call stars. I was like the star ranking system. I guess is what we're used to. Up next is the women's world championship. Thunder Rosa defending against Serena Deeb. Uh, the buildup for this this feud has been kind of up and down. We had a tremendous pr- uh, promo from Thunder Rosa uh, last Wednesday, where really she was talking to us as Melissa, which is her real name, her real first name. Um, but just you get the sense that this is a matchup that both needed to really play this out and give us what we needed to see in a women's championship match, especially to kind of cement Thunder Rosa as champion. Serena D will get another shot. I don't think we've seen the re- or the end of her uh, competing for this title. And as a matter of fact, I would not be surprised if her, if she was to eventually become women's champion. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen, but I'm just not like a promo wise. She's a little vanilla to me. Yeah, she doesn't need a microphone. Let's just not give her one. I agree with you there. Um, she was talking to uh, Dustin 
in that promo where she talked about how much she, how bad she wanted this, and she shaved her own head, and I'm like, um, I don't care. <laughs> like, there was no emotion in what she delivered. It was just very, like, very monotoned. And then when she slaps Dustin, I was like, uh, oh, okay. She she hit him. Can we just move on? Go to the next segment, please. <laughs> I so wasn't. Can you explain something to me? Why was Dustin out there? So Dustin apparently is the mentor for Serena uh, for Thunder Rosa, and all I could really figure is that he came out there to be like, "Why are you being so disrespectful?" And she just kind of told him off. I guess I don't know. I, I did. I didn't see it as it made any sense at all. That's why I said that this match, they needed this match to be good, and it, it was really good. But they needed this match to be good in order for anybody to look at this feud as anything but a failure. You know, they had to see this match be good in order for them to avoid going. Yeah, we can't go back to that. Huh? Run it by me. Again. So maybe my wording on that sucked. So let me try this one more time. Say, thank you. This Brian, match. I wasn't listening, so I was like, "What did I miss something?" This match had to be good in order for them to for for us to be able to really look at this feud and say, okay, this was this was worth it at the end because otherwise the build up for it was not great and was well, not yeah, worth but, it. I mean, this has only kind of really been put together in the last two weeks. No, Deep and Thunder Rosa Maybe. have had this been going on since she was champ. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. After her bout with uh, Nyla Rose. Yeah, I, I mean, it really hasn't been going on long, and there's not been a lot of interaction. Unlike, like, Deeb and Sheeta, right? They were always up in each other's face. Right, right. Very true. This is this was been more handled by promos. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I, I I mean, sometimes I think we forget that, you know, sometimes these things are going to play out long term, even though we don't see it today. It could play out longer. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, especially in AEW, especially in AEW, especially, you know, who knows? Mm hmm. But, uh, you know, sometimes I think we just get too caught up in um, not letting it play out. Well, frankly, if it plays out like it did last night, match-wise, I'm okay with that. Run it back. Yeah, do it. If we have to be subjected to promos, I'll I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, Dean does. Yeah, She's okay every once in a while. Uh Uh-huh. But some of her promos just kind of, uh, Well, I, I can tell she, cry. yeah, I can tell she believes in what she's saying. I just don't think she's, um, I don't know that she's ever had that moment where the light bulb comes on and she's like, all right, I need to ratchet this up a little bit, you know, ratchet this up and, and be a little bit more animated. I just don't think she grasps that yet. Well, I mean, she may also be a product of never having to do promos. That's true. I don't remember her doing a lot of promo work with uh, 
uh, Straight Edge Society back in the day, and I don't yeah. remember her doing promos outside of her work with uh, Sheeta. Which actually, her promos with Sheeta were good. They weren't great, but they were good. So I just think maybe we got maybe just a couple of offshoots where it just came off flat. Well, I think they were trying for something and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, just like several times we see promos where the guys come out or the girls come out and it's just like, what? You know, I mean, how many times did we see them give Roman Reigns the mic and then John Cena come down and school him? Yeah, well. You know, yeah. or, you know, it's just two different personalities. Like Thunder Rosa is so over right now with the fans. Mm-hmm. And besides being mean and bitter, what does Serena Deeb have? Nothing. That's a good point. That is a really good point. She doesn't really have a lot outside of that part of the presentation. In the ring, by the way, great matchup. I mean, these girls really, these ladies, women, really delivered in a, in a high-profile fashion. Um, there were a couple of, of moments there where I thought that Deeb was going to tap out Thunder Rosa. Uh, the stretch muffler that she did was a little bit nasty. <laughs> looked like it was uh, extremely painful. They they definitely sold it on that. The the detox that she hit, which is kind of the uh, the, the uh, what is it? Conan used to do the tequila sunrise. That's what it's called. Um, I think she applies that really well. And I honestly thought that maybe we were going to have a new women's champ, but it went Thunder Rosa's way. I thought this was a, a hell of a showing between both of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, too early to change the title. Sorry, Brian. No, no, no. I mean, I thought the match was good. Even with no build-up, if you want to say watered-down build-up, whatever. I'd probably lean towards watered down. Uh, I would say they, from from some standpoint, they had a buildup. It just wasn't. It could have been better. I guess that's the best way we could put it. So, I mean, we go from a hell of a, a matchup between them, between Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, to anarchy in the arena, where the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Mox. Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, and Santana and Ortiz. Um, yeah, Brian, how do you describe what we saw with this this match, quote unquote? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you would do it. Um. Carnage? Yeah. Um, um, I'd love to know how like somebody like Cornette would label it. but I mean, I thought it was fun, mm-hmm. um, entertaining, but it was pure carnage. Could you imagine being in... Could you imagine being in the truck, Brian, trying to call... Okay, go to this camera. Go to this camera. Well, so I watched a little bit of a media scrum with mm-hmm. Jericho, and they were talking about how 
and kind of spread the cameraman thin. Mm-hmm. You know, because you had some that were following certain people and they only have so many camera crew, you know, so much camera crew to begin with mm-hmm. uh, that they actually had sat down and tried to figure that out. But I mean, for a guy in the truck, I think it'd be fairly easy. You're just kind of watching and trying to figure out, you know, who's got the hot camera or whatever you want to call it. And then after a while, you just focus what was in the ring. Because like Santana Ortiz, after the table spot, they pretty much disappeared. Right, right. They they kind of sell that for the rest of it. We don't see them after that shot. Yeah. yeah. And that was probably three quarters of the way in. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a little bit sooner. And then... Um, I guess you purposely um, let Eddie do his thing. You know, right. they stop showing Eddie. Next time he shows up, he's got a gas can. <laughs> Covered in blood, looking like a zombie. Here comes, yeah. here comes crazy Eddie. <laughs> I think it was funny that the one, the team that wore, everybody that wore white is the first ones to bleed. You know? Except Mox. Everybody else had white on. You know? Right. Um, but you know it's a match when they go so long that they've bled and it's dried up and coagulated. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I hate who I feel sorry for is the cleanup crew for the arena. Because you got, you know... You got Daniel, you got Brian Danielson blood, you got Mox blood, you got Eddie Kingston blood, you got all kinds of blood all over the place. You got mustard. <laughs> you got... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a guy sitting in the line for the hot dog was like, damn it. I wanted, I wanted mustard. <laughs> and we talked about the t shirts. Yeah. I mean, you could get your very own, your very own, uh, what did Brian call it? Game worn, <laughs> blood covered yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> Is that CM Punk's blood on your Punk shirt? Uh, no, that's Eddie Kingston's. That mustard here, that's from uh, Matt Menard. <laughs> Put that in a uh, a shadow box and just hang it on the wall. <laughs> uh you know, I I, I felt like. Um, this match was going to be chaos regardless of what direction it traveled. Um, I was, I predicted it. I said that I felt like Jericho was going to somehow pull out the win, but I was half, half hoping that he wouldn't because now we've just basically got the re the, the rebuilding of the inner circle. It's just the Jericho appreciation Society, just a different name. So we've got another, what, four months of, them dominating until somebody finally shuts them down. I mean, if anybody should be pissed about it, it should be Brian Danielson at Hager. You know, the way he grabbed that ring rope's like, we're going to choke you out. Yeah, that was... It was brutal. I mean, this was just brutality from start to finish. Mox had a, a fork and just jabbed it. Oh, by the way, you know, for those those who maybe... if if you're living under a rock or didn't see it or whatever the case may be, 
Uh, they played Wild Thing throughout the uh, the entire first half of the match, just over and over and over again. It's Wild Thing, and he's jabbing forks into people's heads. And uh, Jericho took a pair of sunglasses and smashed them into Mox's head. Like it was just like ridiculous. In a fun way, ridiculous in a fun way. I don't mean that as a as an insult. Yeah, I mean it's they they have a knack for these specialty matches, making them enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't necessarily need to see it, you know, every week, every pay per view, whatever. Right. Um. They are fun when they do them, though. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those, uh, you know, they, when they when it seemed like they were trying to build towards Stadium to Stampede, and Mox is like, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, we're about to get blood and guts, cool. But they didn't. They, they changed it up a little bit more, and the next thing we know, we get this uh, collective chaos of just what? Blood and what guts, in the, Stadium Stampede. Right, exactly, exactly, and it was just insanity from beginning to end. I don't think anybody saw that saw that coming. So now here we are. <laughs> We've got the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out on top, standing tall at the uh, at the end of the match. I don't know how to rate or rank or qualify or grade this match because it was just a fight. <laughs> I, I I guess. <laughs> the reviewer, when I pull up our, when we go over pay-per-views and stuff, I always pull it up from, um, usually it's wrestling headlines. But anyway, the reviewer will write their their little spin on it, and sometimes it's entertaining. This guy says, how many stars are in the galaxy? That's my rating. This was a ridiculous, over-the-top, gratuitous 80s bar fight in the absolute best way. You're here. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> bar fight i mean that's kind of that's all we were missing was just beer bottles getting smashed over each other's head maybe pool pool cues <laughs> uh let's see here so following following the uh <laughs> anarchy in the arena got a cool little segment within andrade talking about how the afo sucks and they know they're always losing and it's time to change that, and he has a new business partner he wants to introduce. And out comes Roosh, former Ring of Honor, multi-time Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. This is a huge, huge get for AEW. I'm extremely excited to see him in the ring because, I mean, let's be real. Let's see him with Hangman Page. Let's see him with CM Punk. Let's see him with Scorpio Sky. Let's see him with, I mean, the the list goes on and on. This guy is an A, a grade A get for AEW. Yeah, but have we gotten a little, you know, all elite thing yet? No, we haven't seen the placard yet. So maybe it's just a one-off, but I get the feeling that, that Tony Khan will just get him to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, wasn't he all elite? He's with Andrade. Mm. 
see. I guess I see your point there. Yeah. I mean, even if he puts him in the new Ring of Honor, which I'd be okay with. I mean, yeah, um, did he just have that match with Gresham? Who had the match with Gresham? The last Ring of Honor pay per view. That was uh, Jay Lethal. But wasn't wasn't he supposed to be there though? Yes, he was unable to be there because I want to say yeah. because of COVID. Mm. So he was probably back then part of the fold mm-hmm. and they just waited for this opportunity Tony Khan by the way before Double or Nothing in a uh, media call talked about wanting to have Ring of Honor presented entirely separate of AEW on television wanting to do pay-per-views and having a plan in place for the talent uh, Colt Cabana has also been reported to be one of the people that's going to transition from AEW over to Ring of Honor. Um, man, what an exciting time. I'm just, I'm excited to see what they do next. And seeing Rouge come in, it's just, that's just huge. I'm excited for that. And isn't, isn't wasn't he part of uh, LMI, whatever? Los Ingonables. <laughs> Los Ingonables de Japón. Japon. I don't know. Yeah, but that's only the Japanese. Is right, there a right. Mexican action? That's that's what I thought, but I, I was trying to look it up when I got home last night or early this morning. Um, I, I wasn't able to find anything, but of course, I might have just been a little bleary eyed. I'll, I'll look it up again here. I'll look it up again here. I'll look it up. Let's see. I'll look up Roosh. Or, no, excuse me, Los Inco Bonobles. Can we just come up with a name that makes sense, please? Okay. Yeah, but it makes sense to other people. It's not you. Well, you damn it. It needs to make sense to me. <laughs> uh, so there's just Los Ingobernables, uh, which was put together originally in CMLL. So I think that's probably what you're alluding to. Um, and then the new Los Ingobernables was announced in uh, CMLL in 2021 with uh, guys that I don't recognize their names. Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja, join El El Terrible as part of the new faction. So maybe this is just their spin on it. There was one in Ring of Honor also. Yeah. Rouge was a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón. With uh, Bushi, Jay Lethal, Evil, Takashi, Sonata, Takaji, Naito, Truth Martini. The Mexican faction, Brian, um, Rouge, La Bestia del Ring, La Mascara, Conan, Killer Cross, Scarlet Pedro. Did not know that. L.A. Park, Kenny King, Dragon Lee. That's somebody I want to see in AEW. Amy Rose, Dralistico, and Vanielis. Yeah, that's the ROH version. Okay, so that makes sense. So there we go. We could be very well see that playing out in AEW. I am, like I said, I'm super pumped for that. I cannot wait. Next to last match... On the card, this one, I honestly, by the time we got to this match, I had almost forgotten 
that it was going to take place. The triple threat tag team championship match, Jurassic Express defending the AEW tag titles against Team Taz and Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. This match was great. I mean, this was a lot of fun. I I really wanted to see um, a title change and to see Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy split. But to Brian's point, we're we're playing it the long game here, so it's just not ready yet. It's not time. But they did take the steps. Mm-hmm. You just had to pay attention to them. Yep, we had some miscues. Had a kick that hit uh, Jungle Boy in the face that could have cost them the titles. Right. You had Luchasaurus down right behind Christian. Christian mm-hmm. doesn't pay attention to him. Jungle Boy goes outside the ring. Christian walks right over to him. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the match, Christian has Jungle Boy on his shoulders. Yep. Luchasaurus is just staring at him like, wait, that's my gig. Mm-hmm. So I think the wheels are about to come off. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that FTR is going to be the next tag team champions. Would you guys agree? Uh, I don't know, because I think they lose. I think Jungle Boy or Jurassic Express lose in the next few weeks before Forbidden Door. And I'm just not sure if... FTR is going to get a shot before then. Hmm. I mean, you know, somebody's, I think somebody's going to come along and it's going to be somebody you're not expecting. There's going to be the great big miscue that cost them the title. What if it was United Empire? Well, I mean, even that, that would be. Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Well, I mean, and now that Brian said it, I, it, it, what if it's a team that it shouldn't be? You know? What if it's on a dynamite and they're defending it against a lower tier team, like private party or something? Like, what would they lose it? You know? Yeah. Because of business here with it. That just sets up FTR to get it down the road because, like, oh, we can take care of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I thought about it earlier. I, I would need, I would try and figure out a way to, like, get Andrade and Roosh a title, a title shot before Forbidden Door and have them win it. That'd that be way, cool. Yeah, I mean the the wheels are coming off. It's only a matter of time, and I think it. I think it personally will be in the next two to three weeks, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll probably happen on a dynamite. Right. And see, I think FTR is just going to be tied up with the other stuff now because it looks like you're going to have a six man match, or not six man, but a, a, a triple threat tag team match at Forbidden Door. So maybe you do put it on Cobb and Ocon Man. and have FTR win it from them. That'd be amazing. Or even Rapungi Vice. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you can go into Forbidden Door with it on Rapungi Vice and be okay. That'd be a great, great opportunity for uh, a, a lot of New Japan fans that maybe don't watch AEW to kind of get get behind that match. Oh. Something tells me that's not going to be a problem. Them, them, them Japanese fans are very crafty. Very crafty, huh? Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I'm sure they even know who FTR was, but if you had this over there, FTR yeah. would probably be the lesser-known team. So we go from just absolute madness in this tag title match, just just craziness. This, the stuff these guys did was great. To the main event, AEW World Heavyweight Championship, Hangman Page against CM Punk. Uh, this was everything I thought it would be. Um, these guys really just left all of it in the ring. Page came off to me like he was really... The lead-in Wednesday was he was defending AEW from CM Punk, and they were trying to play this story that I still don't really understand. So I'm, I'm sure that we haven't seen the end of this, so to speak. But... Page was really kind of walking that fine line between good guy, bad guy, is he going to cheat, is he not? You know, the fans are split. It's CM Punk, Hangman, Page. It was CM Punk, Cowboy shit. It was, you know what I mean? Like, there was a divide there. At some points, they're booing Punk. At another point, they're booing Page. You know, it's you really didn't know, even though, I mean, there's a lot of predictions we put out there. Like, last week, we talked about a lot of different ways it could have gone. You really didn't know for sure how this match was going to end, and I was, I was pumped. I mean, I'm a CM Punk fan, so y'all saw me go over the moon about it. it. It's just so cool to see just this this long journey, and and to see it culminate this way. Now, what happens afterwards, man? I'm excited to see what's next. Guys, Stan is trying to be modest in this and try to play it all cool. But that boy was crying like a like a like a kid at Christmas time. I definitely, I definitely, as politely as I could, shouted "Best in the world." I definitely did that. I mean, <laughs> I was actually surprised that I didn't wake up anybody. <laughs> I, I, mean, I had thought about it on the way home. I was like, "Damn, I was kind of loud when I did that. I shouldn't have did it like that." <laughs> when he got it to his when he got to his house, guys, Stan went on the balcony and did the whole Titanic thing. King, King of the world. world. <laughs> well, I did. I did the best of the world thing when he got the belt. So I guess. <laughs> and then he walked into his bedroom, his mm. office, looked at CM Punk stuff, and goes, "You're back, baby. We did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. You took all the credit. That's right. We did this. We, we made it." <laughs> We did it for all the little, all the little punkers out there. <laughs> Any true punks like who's this guy? You're right. I don't know this guy. I've never met him. The dork. But I mean, like you said, this match from beginning to end was hard hitting. A lot of times we like, oh, it's done, it's done. Now there was a few little miscues here and there, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
much even saw it on Punk's face when when he finally made the pin and they called him the AEW champion. Even Punk got emotional. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guy's gone through a lot. I mean, he he was done. He was not coming back, and he comes back finally, works his way through. Um, supposedly, there are people. Uh, in the backstage area that, that don't like him in the locker room. I don't know what that's all about, but I guess there's people out there that, that feel like maybe he didn't deserve it. So, and again, what's interesting about those articles mm-hmm. is there's no names. Yeah, it's always conveniently like, we don't know of who who doesn't like him, except maybe Eddie Kingston. <laughs> but, but like seriously, there there's no like, well, Cole Cabana says this guy's a cancer or something like that. No, nothing like that. It's just yeah, but there's rumbling so that it, people don't like him. Yeah. So, but why? Why? I mean, you're celebrating CM Punk here, not throwing right. out some unsubstantiated rumor. Yes, Dan, stop trying to be first. Okay. It's almost like somebody taking a plane ride. Or not taking a plane ride. This is the happiest day of Punk's life, right? You know. Right, right. Here I am burying it. Punk's not well liked. (laughs) That time that he didn't stop and. Sign my poster. Last time he was in Milwaukee, and he said, fuck you, Stan. And I really took that hard, okay? It was emotional. I took that personal. (laughs) He had to get a SpongeBob tattoo over his CM Punk tattoo. (laughs) Just for that, I got the G.I. Joe symbol and not Cobra. (laughs) Let's see. uh, Highlights of this matchup. uh, Punk hitting... uh, the buckshot lariat, but not not in the way that we would expect. No, he hits the the front flip, lands awkwardly, kind of collapses down, but still launches himself back up. And uh, credit to Adam Page for for selling it the way he did. It was still looked good, not not as great as the delivery, but still looked good at that. Great last ride power bomb by Hangman Page to Punk. Um, Hangman hits the go to sleep. Looked absolutely solid, and honestly. There were a couple spots here where the referee counted, and I truly thought this match was done. Uh, well, at least two of them, right? Right. It, at least, like, where he – and one of them was early. One of them was early in the match because he hits it. And I swear his hand hit three, but obviously not. Well, I mean – I I think you're right on the first one. I I think somebody just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I kind of look kind of like back when like you know the female ref sometimes will try to be so showy. Mhm. And it's just it goes over the top and this guy was trying to do the dramatics and I feel like he screwed up, you know. Well, he hit the moment thing. Almost yeah. hit the mat, and he hit the mat. Yeah, but that was that was Punk, because Punk was slow to kick out of that. Yeah, you know, in that ref's mind, he was it was like the longest 
arm coming down in the world because he's looking at Punk like, you're supposed to kick out, right? You're kicking out, right? You're kicking out, right? You're kicking... Oh, shit. Oh, shoot. He kicked out. Because something tells me that it was down before he mm-hmm. kicked out. So that was To me, that's on Punk. Now, he might have been a little bit faster than what he should have been, but that's still on Punk. That'd be an interesting topic one night, is how many title changes happened because the ref hit three and he shouldn't have. Uh, it happens quite a bit. Yeah. Well, it has happened quite a bit. Like, we're giving you the the belt back because, oh, shit. Hmm. I'm going to look that up as far as uh, title changes that happened that uh, probably weren't supposed to. Weren't supposed to. Weren't supposed to. They'll walk you through the whole thing. Because I know in Flair's book, he said there's sometimes in cities that the, the hometown guy had like he'd have so much heat against the hometown guy that Flair knew the only way he was going to get out of town was just to take the pin. Well, and, and Harley Race has gone on record a couple times where he said, you know, he got his bell rung. He knew he wasn't going to be able to perform in such and such town, and then he took the uh, took the pin to do that. Can you imagine being that wrestler, you know. That you, like you're leading your territory, but then Ric Flair comes to town or Harley Race comes to town and something happens, fluke happens, and you're like, boom. You can say you got a pinfall over Harley Race and won the NWA championship. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not officially, but. You know. Right, right. Uh, on a house show somewhere in Nebraska, Harley Race won it back, you know, stuff like <laughs> <You> that. Know? <laughs> and it really was in the back room as he was packing the suitcase, you handed the belt back. Right, right. Yeah, so here's a video on YouTube, five accidental WWE title changes that weren't supposed to happen. I mean, I would imagine we've probably seen them because there are sometimes when, you know, sometimes when somebody loses that it just looks like complete and utter shock to both people. Mm Mm-hmm. That, you know, it was screwed up. And then the next week, the title flips right back to where it was. Right. That'll be a good topic that, for a show. There was one that almost had that look not too long ago. I want to say in like the last two weeks. Hmm. Uh, I'm to, maybe I can remember it. Where it's just like an utter shock to like everybody. Right. So, and of course, nobody's going to tell you. There's footage after uh, after the pay-per-view went off the air last night for, um, for CM Punk giving a speech to the fans celebrating with FTR who rushed the rush ring ringside after after the match was done um pretty cool you can find it on youtube i saw it on tiktok today uh where he basically just thanks the fans and thanks his wife and all of that so the media scrums i haven't had a chance to go through all of those videos i know that uh tony khan says that he would not comment on mjf 
No, no, um, forget that one. You find the one with Punk. Oh, yes. There's one with Tony Khan and CM Punk where Khan just goes off. On, I can only assume he's going off on Bischoff, talking yeah. about how Punk has delivered record ratings and, and revenue. and I mean, he shuts Bischoff down. <laughs> and, this, and Punk's just sitting there looking up like, okay, buddy. All right. Switch to decaf. Like he's just kind of nodding his head, but like, holy shit! Yeah, so I, I did. I did watch that one. That was very interesting. Yeah. Um, as far as the if, Bischoff thing, I sometimes wonder if maybe Tony Khan is a little bit coked up at the end of these nights. <laughs> he, no, he just, I, I mean, he literally, just goes off. Literally, I want you to think about this, right? So the guy that in five years drove a company to the ground, mm-hmm. right? And it's not even five years that he did this, right? So he takes over in 94. I think NWO starts in 96, mm-hmm. right? So those two years don't really count. And then it, by the time he's done... He's not even running the company no more. Right. The, the Russo is running it. And Russo runs it so bad that they have to put Eric back in charge. And then mm. it straight goes a nosedive. It mm. nosedive. You know what I'm saying? Right. And this guy is the one that, that is like trying to play off on people's warped memories. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a fan of, he being Bischoff, has always been a fan of uh, revisionist history. He's always done yeah. a great job of that. And I understand the desire to keep people listening to your podcast, 83 Weeks. Um, but at the same time, you have to remember that you have said many times, uh, wrestling fans are not stupid. They can easily right. just pull up the information. Like, you can literally pull up the reporting on the sale of WCW to WWF where basically the books are going over and the purchase price of WCW was that of one talent's contract, basically. (laughs) It was like four million bucks. So Jericho said, you know, in in interviews after the fact, damn, if I had known the price was that low, I'd have did it myself. I don't blame him. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's a whole show we could do on that. I mean, I feel like... Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was purpose. They sold it purposely to, 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 to Vince because they didn't want Eric to have it. They didn't well, that's, want that character. You know, that's that a fact. Company. Yeah, well, the guy that basically steals it from Eric convinced them to sell it to Vince. And Eric was supposed to pony up, like... But- a lot like more forty money. or fifty million dollars, yeah. and they sold it for like four. Bischoff and Fusion Media had raised well over forty million dollars for the purchase, yeah. um, and Bischoff has gone over this multiple times on his show, where he had everything lined up. He had the paperwork drawn up. He had everything yeah. that he needed. He was ready for a pay per view to reboot. Um, and then suddenly he gets a message that basically he finds out like we find out. <laughs> WCW purchased by WWF. It's Rob. You're absolutely right. There, there, there's an entire show we could do on the 
the downfall of WCW and how WWF purchased it. <clears throat> uh, let's see the here. Price of a cup of coffee. Comparatively, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> well, watch the media scrum. I will. Haven't, I will. Just watch CM Punk. <laughs> I, I, mean, I got a lot. Flips. Go ahead. Tony flips out. Yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 footage of it that I've seen so far is just Tony starts off just just relatively hyped for Punk, and then the next thing you know, he just goes in. And it's just like, I don't know, Brian, 10 minutes? Yeah, it's not, well, it's not it's Tony. Yeah. In other words, Tony is doing what Stan was doing. No. Uh, no, Tony I've, is, I've never gone over the top like this. Yeah, <laughs> well, Tony I won't say never, but not very often. That we So, <laughs> basically it boils down to, as Bischoff says, that punk is not a draw. Right. And that he doesn't and move then, the needle and doesn't do this, doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony flips it, flips his shit. It's like, yeah, well, you can go look, you know, there are financial paperwork out there to show you that he is. I mean, he even throws the word for you out there. And for those that don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we close out, um, Rate the pay-per-view as a whole. Brian, what do you think? As a whole? Yeah. Uh, A B. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess a B. Rob? I was going to say a solid B. I mean, my biggest problem was Thank God it was a holiday weekend. And I have to work today because, like, holy shit. Yeah. It was a long, long show. Again, this was different in the regard that this show, the way the matches were laid out, it was um, it was done in a way where it didn't seem like it was as long, but definitely you felt it after. Um, I'd agree with you guys. I'd say maybe a B plus, and I'll give it the boost there for, for Punk winning. I'll be the fanboy there, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh, Mister some... Punk, you're my favorite. <laughs> there's there's some stuff that could have been left off, some stuff that uh, maybe could have been shortened. But hey, that's that's the cool thing about AEW. I mean, if we can look at it and go, yeah, this match could have been shorter. It doesn't mean the match sucked. It just, you know, we're talking time. Mm. We're not talking quality. Right. Well, let's see here. Catch up with your boys on Twitter. Rob is at Rob Hefner C2C. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C2C. And then catch up with me at Stan Grubb. The show is at C2C Radio Show and C2CRadioShow.com. We'll have this up on the uh, on the player on the site here momentarily. I apologize for the live feed not going the way we wanted. Um, I'll get that worked out before next week. Any final thoughts before we head out, guys? You probably should have said that first. About the live feed. I did put it out on social media. Um, I made sure to to cover that, but yeah, couldn't have hurt to mention it. Good point. Well, it's almost like a, a Marvel movie. 
<laughs> yeah. That be that's like a little spoiler that you're throwing in there after the credits. That's <laughs> our post credit scene. That's where Cap is sitting there going, Ah so you got in trouble. You screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, there's a knock at the door. What's happening, Jake? Like Oh we gotta go. <laughs> This week we got uh, Dynamite before we roll out. It's Scorpio Sky defending against uh, Dante Martin TNT title. And we are supposed to have our our first words from Punk as world champion. Um, they probably curious. the kickoff. Yep. To Forbidden, forbidden Door. door. So so. Punk goes into Chicago as the champ. Oof. Oof. It's exciting. Have a great week, I everybody. Hope he with FTR. I do too. I do too. Let's uh, let's do that. But but you know, there's a so Hangman Page. I know we're running over, but Hangman Page released a statement uh, last night, early this morning, where he said that there's a lot of of room for Hangman Page to do what he wants to do, whether it's to get back with the elite or to go on his own. So he completely avoids the Dark Order. He essentially puts it like the Dark Order is no longer a thing. Well, they're not. Really. So it could be, could be we could have uh, FTR and CM Punk versus uh, Page and the Bucks. That'd be cool. Well, he's not super elite. Ah! He's just elite. He's just elite. <laughs> yeah. Damn. He might do well to wait for Kenny to come back. Oh. <laughs> He's not even undisputed elite. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Y'all, y'all shooting hard. He's just elite. Yeah, he's just elite. They've moved on from him. He's just so so elite. <laughs> he's kind of elite. You know, he's he's getting there. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Corner to Corner. We're out. Then we're pink diapers. He's got CM Punk colors, huh? Punk colors, huh? Punk colors. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.